I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. Oh my gosh, y'all, you are listening to episode 100 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. And thank you for being a part of this wonderful milestone. Teaching literacy is tough. But with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Not only is it episode 100, I'm seriously so stoked that we've hit this wonderful milestone on the podcast, but also we are in part two of a little mini series all about how to save time lesson planning. If you missed last week's episode, or if you are brand new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. You're a great time jumping into our content here. I would definitely encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 99, where I talk all about mindset shifts that we need to make when it comes to our thoughts around lesson planning. And I know sometimes we have this idea that it's like, oh my gosh, it's a mindset. You know, I don't need to work on changing my thinking. I just need tips to help me save time. And while that's true, and I am going to share with you five tips on how to save time, what I talked about in last week's episode, and I truly believe this, and I've seen this even happen in my own life in things both with teaching and work and personal stuff, is that if we do not take time to readjust our thinking and make sure our thinking is in alignment with the direction we are headed, it does not matter the actions we take because actions follow as a result of our thoughts. So go check it out if you didn't listen to it. But this week, I did want to share some really concrete, practical things that you can do to help reduce the number of hours that you spend lesson planning. If you remember last week, I shared how when it comes to lesson planning, you really should have two goals, or at least these are my two goals for you. One, I want you to feel good about the amount of time you are spending on lesson planning. I, I don't want teachers to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm working you know, nights and weekends and mornings and all hours. If you are feeling just mentally exhausted by the amount of time you are lesson planning, we want to change that. And you definitely can. You can reduce the number of hours you are spending lesson planning. I've got tips to help you do that. So you should feel good about the amount of time you are spending on lesson planning. 
but also you should feel good about the quality of the content of your lesson plans. So spending less time lesson planning doesn't mean you're creating any lower quality lesson plans. You're still creating amazing, wonderful content for your students. You're just doing it in less time. And I think the mindset tips I shared last week have a lot to do with that second goal. But even some of the things I talk about today are going to help you both feel good about the amount of time you spend on your lesson plans and the quality of the lesson plans that you actually create. So today's goal is really going to help you kind of work towards figuring out how you can create a lesson planning system that is going to help you achieve both of those goals. And we talked about this in the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership a few weeks ago and how really the goal is for you to create a lesson planning system that works for you. And so I've got five tips that are really going to help you figure out how to create your personalized lesson planning system. Before we get into those five tips, I do have a tip zero because really this is like a bonus tip. And I mentioned it last week, but I'm mentioning it again this week because it is so important. Before you do any of the other five things that I'm about to share with you, take a sticky note or a note card and write down those belief statements that I shared on last week's episode or any positive belief statement that you want to have around lesson planning, whether it is, you know, done is better than perfect or I can be effective without having to spend nights and weekends working on it or I deserve a life outside of work, whatever your personal belief statement is. Write it down on a sticky note and place it at your desk, stick it in the car, put it by the mirror, anywhere where you will regularly see it. Because if you want to spend time, less time lesson planning, you need to really work on changing your thoughts before you can change your actions. And so you want to make sure that you truly believe those belief statements around lesson planning. So tip number zero, just a bonus one. But let's jump into the actual five tips that will help you develop your own personalized lesson planning system that will help you spend less time on your lesson plans. That's a mouthful. But anyways, tip number one. The first thing I would encourage you to do is spend some time figuring out your lesson planning preferences. And if the goal is for you to spend less time lesson planning, then you need to really make sure that the time you do have and you do spend lesson planning is going to be max effective, which means that you really need to be kind of like on your top performance. You need to be like, you know, in the right headspace, have the right environment set up. You need to be able to really maximize that time, which means that it's really important for you to identify like your strengths and your preferences and lean into those. You know, so for example, if you are not a morning person and you don't like waking up early, but if you say, I'm just gonna get to school early, I'm gonna get there an hour early, I'm gonna knock out my lesson plans and then they'll be done. But if you're not a morning person, then this is going to be an unproductive part of your day. Even if you get to school an hour early, if you're not excited about it, if you're not fully awake, it doesn't matter if you've given yourself an extra hour if you can't actually use that hour for lesson planning. And so rather than trying to sort of force yourself to fit into a box and think, well, other people get to school early, the rest of my team gets to school early, or I'm going to stay late, you know, whatever it is. Figure out what your personal preferences and strengths are, and then build your lesson planning system around theirs. You really want to maximize your strengths and preferences. And so the best way to do this is to do a good old-fashioned brain dump. I love doing brain dumps, especially anytime we're doing planning. And so literally what this would look like is take a piece of paper, give yourself 10 minutes, and just take a moment to consider 
what would your ideal lesson planning session look like if it would work for you and your sort of like personal preferences? You know, are you using a digital planner or are you a paper planner? Are you planning by yourself or are you planning with your team? Are you getting to school early? Are you staying late? Or are you only getting it done during your lesson planning time during the day? Are you batch planning for the week or the month? Or do you prefer to plan day by day? Do you like to plan in one mega sitting where you take, you know, five hours and you do everything you need to do for that five hours? Or do you like to find little chunks of time, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there and chip away at it during the week? You know, do you like to plan everything and then prep everything or do you want to plan and then make copies for the plans that you wrote? Even thinking about do you need to script everything out? Do you have to have actual verbatim what you're going to say or is it enough for you to write down the objective and a few questions and key points on a sticky note and you feel good about that? Do you need to have even thinking about do you need to have a clean and quiet room with a clean desk? before you're able to start planning? Or are you able to effectively plan when there is noise going on or if your desk is messy? I am the type of person that I do so much better and I'm so much more effective if I have a clean space to work from. And unfortunately, I was not the most organized teacher. I just, you know, I would get ideas and they would come to me and we would sometimes execute them in the moment. But I often had a very messy desk or a messy teacher table. But I knew that if I wanted to be really effective with my lesson plans or be able to really focus, I had to take three minutes before I did my lesson planning and clear off my desk or even just put things in nice, neat stacks to deal with later because that would just make my lesson planning time so much more effective. You know, do you need to have music playing in the background? Do you have to have a special Starbucks drink in order to get in the lesson planning zone? Whatever it is, it does not matter what your personal preference are because they are personal to you. But your lesson planning time is going to be so much more effective if you can figure out what works for you, you know, what sort of environment is going to set you up to be most successful. Now, obviously, you can't necessarily control all of these things. If you prefer to be a solo planner and yet you have to plan with a team, you're going to have to, you know, maybe do some solo planning first and then meet with your team or just learn to let go of some things and embrace the team environment. You know, if you have to submit lessons in a digital planner, but you like to write them down, you might have to, you know, figure out a sort of creative fix for that. So obviously you can't always 100% put your personal preferences into place, but if you know what your strengths are and what your preferences are, you can do everything you can to really create a lesson planning system that is in alignment with things that work for you personally. So tip number one, do a brain dump, figure out your personal lesson planning preferences and strengths. Tip number two is to take some time to determine the minimum time requirement needed to complete lesson planning tasks. And this one right here might be a really big game changer for the way you lesson plan. And the reason is You know, if you can figure out the minimum time requirement, that's basically what is the least amount of time you needed in order to finish your lesson plans, then you've basically given yourself permission not to spend a minute more on your lesson plans each week. And if you don't know what this is, then take some time this week and actually time yourself. You know, when you are sitting down and you're like, I'm going to write my mini lessons right now, or I'm creating my small group plans, and I don't know how long it takes me. Set a timer and time yourself and figure out how long it takes. Obviously, if you're spending more time than you want, then contact me. We have to have another conversation about how to, you know, get that down into a reasonable amount of time. 
But if you time yourself and you're like, you know what, I feel good with 30 minutes to write my small group lessons for the week or an hour and a half to do all of my whole group lessons, you know, then you know, okay, in an hour and a half, I can write all of my whole group lessons. I think one of the things that makes lesson planning difficult for teachers is oftentimes when we think about lesson plan, we think I'm going to work on my lesson plans. I'm going to sit down Monday and I'm going to work on my lesson plans. And then on the weekends, I'm going to continue working on them or during the week, I'm going to work on them. And we work on them until we finish them. But what we want to do is we want to think about when we think about lesson planning and lesson planning time, we want to think about how long does it take for us to finish them? Because the reality of it is, is we can work on our lesson plans for an infinite amount of time. You could literally spend 20 hours working on a single lesson plan because there's always something that you can tweak and adjust and refine and, you know, change out this question and find a different text. You can spend an unlimited amount of time working on your lesson plans, but it's important that you finish them. So you need to know how much time do you need in order to finish your lesson plans. You know, this used to happen to me where it's like, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to work on my lesson plans and I'd work on them. But then at the end of my hour, I wasn't finished with them. So it's like, what is the result of the time I spent working on them? Nothing, because I still have to come back and work on them the next day. So if you know how long it takes for you to finish specific lesson planning tasks, then you can, this will make more sense when I share tip number three, but this is really going to help you limit the amount of time that you spend working on each specific task. So the way that you can do this is another brain dump and do a brain dump of everything you have to teach during a normal week. And, you know, the more specific you can get, the better. So maybe your brain dump would look something like this. I do five days of reading mini lessons. I also have to have five days of independent practice. I need to come up with five days worth of either a picture book or a novel with my specific read aloud questions for our whole group read aloud. But I only have to do three days of word work because of, you know, our special schedule. We only do word work three days. And I only have three days of small groups And I see two groups a day, so I need to have six small group lessons every single week. And I'm also responsible for morning work, so I have to plan for five days worth of reading-related morning work. So the more specific you can get, the better. But once you have your brain dump of all of the specific lessons that you have to plan and prepare for, then you can go through each individual item and determine how much time it realistically takes you to complete that task. Now, I'm not saying, you know, how much time you're spending on it or how much time you'd like to spend on it. Because like I said, you can literally spend 20 hours on a single lesson. But realistically, how long is it going to take you to write five reading mini lessons? And like I said, if you've got no idea, do a time audit. If you think you have an idea, take your best guess and start with that. But you want to have a pretty good idea of how long it takes for you to complete each of the lesson planning tasks for the reading block. And the thing with this is, is I would start with the most important tasks first. For example, you'll notice I started with my whole group reading lessons and morning work was at the bottom of the list because when you go to create your actual lesson planning schedule, which we're going to talk about in the next tip, you want to start with your most important tasks. Would it be great if your students had morning work every single day of the week? Yes. But you know what? If you don't prep morning work, when your students show up, you can have them read independently and you're still going to be fine for your instructional day. But if you do not plan your whole group reading lessons and you start your week and you don't have your whole group lessons planned, that is going to derail your day in a much bigger way. So you always want to start by planning the most important parts of your instructional day first, knowing that like those are, you know, they're non-negotiable. You have to get those done. Okay, so tip number three is really connected and kind of a follow-up to tip number two. 
But what you want to do is once you know how long it takes for you to finish each individual lesson planning task, you're going to put specific lesson planning time blocks into your whole weekly schedule. You know, so this is really for you to figure out, okay, my goal is to finish each day or each time I sit down to lesson plan, I want to finish a certain part of my lesson planning expectation. And so when I schedule them, you are scheduling your lesson planning blocks for results, right? So we're no longer doing this Monday, I'm going to work on my lesson plans. But instead, you're going to say, Monday, I've got an hour. I know I can finish my whole group mini lessons in an hour. So on Monday, I'm finishing my mini lessons. I know it takes me 90 minutes to do my small group lessons. And I know on Tuesday, I've got extended planning tier period. So on Tuesday, I am finishing my small group lessons. The key word here is finish, okay? So now that you know how much time it takes for you to finish each task on your list, you can find the best time during your week to actually finish those tasks. Start and finish them beginning to end in one sitting. So the best way to do this is to look at your calendar or your weekly schedule and figure out when do you have time for lesson planning and I would try to look for 45 to 60 minute chunks at a minimum, but you can still get specific tasks finished in even 15 and 20 minutes. But remember, you wanna make sure you've got time to actually finish something. So think about your planning period. You know, I know sometimes there are like, whether it's team planning meetings or maybe you have like PLCs with your admin. A lot of teachers, not that you should work before and after school, but if that is something that you typically do and you're okay with that, and that's part of just like your schedule right now, then pick one or the other. I would definitely not do before or after school, but think about, okay, I'm gonna come in, you know, 45 minutes before school to work on lesson plans. You know, whatever time you have, figure out how much of that can be dedicated to lesson prep. Obviously not every spare moment can be used for lesson planning because there are other things like grading and, you know, parent conferences and team meetings and all of that stuff, but figure out what time out of your weekly schedule can be used for lesson planning. And then you're going to start with the most important items on your list. And then you're going to assign specific lesson planning tasks to certain time blocks. So like I said, maybe Mondays, you're going to say, I'm going to spend 60 minutes before school and I'm going to write my mini lessons. On Tuesday, I have extended planning period. So I'm going to take those 90 minutes and I am going to finish my small group lessons, which means you're writing the lesson plans, you're finding the materials, you're printing them, you're doing everything you need to do in this specific time block. Maybe Thursdays, you're planning your independent practice and word work. And on Fridays, maybe you've built in an extra buffer at the end of the day of 60 minutes to finish all of the tasks that you didn't get done just in case something happens. But now you know exactly what lesson planning tasks you need to do each and every day of the week in order for you to get your lesson planning done. So it's not, okay, what do I need to work on today? Or what do I feel like working on? It's no, you've already decided ahead of time. You know, I think anytime that we can make decisions ahead of time, we're eliminating decision fatigue, but we're also eliminating any sort of emotional decisions. I mean, I did this a lot and I still do this sometimes where it's like, I'm supposed to write my lesson plans on Monday, but I don't feel like it. So I'm like, well, if I don't feel like it, I'm not going to do it. But we have to eliminate making emotional decisions. So if you just make the decision ahead of time and it's like, nope, I'm writing my lesson plans Monday for you know my mini lessons, get it done. So 
make sure that you go through and, you know, once you've decided how much time it takes for you to finish each specific task, then put that in your schedule because now you no longer have to worry and stress. Am I going to have enough time to finish my lesson plans? You know, am I going to have to work all weekend? Do I have to come in early and stay late? And even if you have to come in early or stay late, or even if you have to work a little bit on the weekends, you know how much time it's going to take because you've already mapped it out and said, you know what? I am spending no more than 30 minutes for this lesson. I'm spending no more than an hour to plan, you know, this group of lessons, whatever it is. So you know how much time it is going to take you. And like I said, the most important part of this is to schedule time blocks that allow you to finish something. You don't want to work on something. You want to finish something. When you finish a task, it is off your list, it is done, which means it's also out of your brain. You no longer need to worry about it. You no longer need to stress out about it. And you can free up your brain space to tackle the next task. Okay, tip number four is, and this might be one of the hardest parts, is setting hard and fast boundaries for lesson planning. So now you've gone through, right? You just created your lesson plan and you've made the decision ahead of time. Mondays, I'm planning this. Tuesdays, I'm planning this. Wednesdays, I'm doing this. I'm coming in early, staying late, whatever it is. Now that you have a plan in place, you have to stick to it. <laughs> because if you've gone through all the trouble to identify your personal planning preferences and figure out how long it takes you to complete specific tasks and you put them in your schedule, if you decide, you know what, I just don't feel like it this week, I'm not going to, then there, there's no point in everything that you just did up until this point. So you really have to be committed to following your schedule. So you have to set some hard and fast boundaries, which means in some cases, you kind of have to parent yourself. You know, if you've decided that on Mondays, you're using your planning period to plan out a certain set of lessons, then at the end of that hour, you better have everything done and ready to go because you cannot extend your lesson planning period beyond what you've already planned. And you can't use Tuesday time because that's dedicated to something else. I think other things, even not just borrowing from other planning periods, but being willing to say no to people who ask of your time if you've already decided how you're going to use your planning period. So if you've decided that Mondays during your planning period, that time is dedicated for lesson planning, and you've got a parent that says, can we have a conference Monday at you know 9 a.m. and you're already committed to doing your lesson plans and you have to say, no, I'm unavailable at that time. I've already got something on my calendar because you do. And then ask them if they're able to meet at another time. I think you know one of the best ways to, to deal with sort of like parent conferences is put a set aside time on your calendar each week where if a parent is going to have a conference, then it is during you know eight o'clock and nine o'clock during this time and on Tuesdays. And that's the only day. And try to hold hard and fast to that boundary. But the same is true even with, you know, I think oftentimes, and this happened to me so often, where it's like I would have my my teammates would be like, hey, do you want to go during your planning period to Starbucks and get coffee? Or it's like after school, and I was planning on making copies, and my team would be like, hey, let's go do happy hour after school. And I'd be like, great, let's do it. You know, forget the fact that I was going to do lesson planning or get something important done. I'd rather go and like be social. And I'm definitely not encouraging you to be antisocial. I definitely think like if you if your team is asking you to do something fun and social and you want to do it, say yes, but you need to stick to your schedule first. Yes, but I need to make these copies first. Yes, but I'm going to be late because I need to finish my lesson plans. So you have to make sure that whatever plan you put in place, even if somebody asks you to use that time for something else, you need to say no because I am using this time for my lesson planning and it's very important that I get these plans done. You know, it can be so tempting, I think, at times to ignore the plan that you put in place 
But if you constantly borrow or say, oh, you know what, I'll just do this tonight or I'll take this home with me and I'll do it over the weekends, that becomes a slippery slope because now you've basically given yourself an excuse for any time you know, you don't either want to lesson plan or something else comes up. And the whole goal is for you to not have to work on the weekends, to not have to work nights, to not constantly have these lesson planning tasks looming over you, which means as soon as you make your lesson planning schedule, you need to be committed to setting hard and fast boundaries so you can stick to them. Okay, tip number five, always plan with future you in mind. And let's be honest, especially when we're talking about lesson planning, I think lesson planning is one of the not so fun parts of teaching. At least it was for me. You know, I really loved teaching. I loved being with my students. I really loved working with my team, but I hated writing lesson plans. I didn't like making copies. I really didn't enjoy searching for materials. And the fact that I had to do it week after week after week, and it constantly felt like something that was never done, it was mentally draining on me. But it also was part of the job, and I had to do it. But if you can always plan with future you in mind, you are going to be much more motivated to get something done right now in the moment rather than extending out your deadline or continuing to work on something. Remember, we are working on finishing things. You know, and the reality of it is, is you're not always going to feel like lesson planning, you know, and you're not always going to want to stick to this awesome lesson planning system that you've created. But anytime you find that you are lacking motivation to stick to your lesson plan and actually finish a task, you know, instead of letting yourself off the hook and being like, oh, fine, I'll just do that tomorrow or I'll just do it over the weekend, remind yourself how future you is going to be so grateful to finish the task. You know, future you is going to be so glad to go home after school today and not have to think about lesson plans for tomorrow. Future you is going to be much more at peace leaving work on Friday, knowing that copies are done and set for the following week. Future you is going to be so grateful that there is time on the weekends to enjoy a hobby, to rest and relax because you took care of the lesson plans now. So anytime you are working on lesson plans, make decisions with future you in mind. And this is definitely something that I constantly do. You know, I'm always like reminding myself, it's like, I love my podcast and this is one of the most fun things that I've done. But I don't always feel like recording my podcasts every time I sit down to record a podcast. But I'm always like, no, future me is going to be so grateful. I got this podcast done, you know, or if it's writing an email or posting on, you know, social media or doing a Facebook Live, whatever it is. Sometimes I don't always feel like it, even if I love my job and I love what I do. We don't always feel like doing the things that we want to do. But I'm like, no, future me is going to be so happy that it's done. So I'm constantly having conversations with future me or even things like laundry or packing lunches. It's like future me is going to be really glad I meal prepped on Sunday. I don't feel like it, but by Wednesday, future me is going to be so glad I did. So plan with future you in mind. Okay, let's recap all five tips here. So tip number one, take some time to do a brain dump. Identify your lesson planning preferences and lean into those. Tip number two, determine the minimum time requirements for each lesson planning task. So that way you know basically what's the minimum amount of time you have to spend lesson planning each week. Create a lesson planning schedule for all of the prep time available to you, aka you want to be scheduling for results, not when are you going to work on lesson plans, but when are you going to finish your lesson plans. Tip number four is to set hard and fast boundaries when it comes to the time that you're going to work on lesson planning. If it's on your plan, follow through with it. And then tip number five, always plan with future you in mind. So I hope that these tips, along with the ones that I shared with you last week, 
are helpful and really do help you set up a lesson planning system that works for you this next year. And since this is our 100th episode, I would absolutely love it if you could take a few minutes to leave a review of the podcast. You know, if you've gotten any value out of this episode or any of the episodes that you have listened over the past year and a half, please consider taking a moment to leave a positive five-star review of the podcast. It, one, truly means the world to me just to see the reviews and hearing how this podcast has impacted you and your students, but also any review that you leave is going to help extend the reach to other teachers who will eventually find this podcast and become listeners of it. So again, thank you for being a part of our podcast over the last 100 episodes. I'm excited to see what's in store for just this amazing Stellar Teacher community. And I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you back here next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at StellarTeacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.